Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 406 and session number 125 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. I do it every single Friday, every single week. And uh, yeah, it's always awesome to hang out with you guys. I'm sitting here today on a beautiful day in South Carolina. Uh, nice cup of coffee, actually, as I talk uh, about these questions or I talk to you guys and we kind of get to hang out together. That's what I really love to do here inside of the Ask Scott session. There's a lot of different things I want to mention here. Before I do, though, a lot of things on my mind today and this week. But the one thing uh, I wanted to uh, let you guys know is some of the questions that we're going to be answering today. I know a lot of you have said in the past, Scott, I want to kind of know what you're going to be digging into today. So the ones that we're going to be talking about is really... The open brand concept, but not so much the concept, more around brand registering when you have an open brand. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about being your own competitor. Is that a good strategy and what does that mean? And then the other thing we're going to talk about is shipping costs and how expensive they can be, when uh, you should be considering, if it's too expensive, and a few things around that. That's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm also going to be sharing with you a, uh, a listener that posted, actually they recorded an audio message and I want you to hear this because this here is exactly what fires me up to this day. It still fires me up and it, it just, it, it makes me stay motivated and inspired to continue to do this. Now I'm going to play that at the end, but again, if you guys want to reach out and let me know uh, about the podcast as far as, you know, is the podcast still helping you or, you know, what has it done for you since you've listened? There's a couple of different things you can do. Number one, you can head over to the amazing forward slash ask, and you can record a voice message there. That can be to ask a question or just to let me know a little bit about you and how the podcast has helped you, um, since listening. Okay. The other way that you can do this, and I, I talked about this in episode 400, which was my celebration to 400 episodes, is you can go to theamazingseller.com forward slash story, and then you can just answer two questions. One, how long you've been a listener, and two, what is one big takeaway that the podcast has done for you uh, since listening? And depending on when you're listening to this, I'm actually going to be awarding two winners, two prizes, uh, two 30-minute coaching calls to two people. Um, that leave a comment. So if you just leave a comment, that'll automatically enter you into that. Um, so theamazingseller.com forward slash 400. All right. And, uh, you can go over and check that stuff out, but it, it just really allows me to be able to hear who we're connecting with. And the other cool thing is, is I've noticed since reading a lot of those is that I've got probably 25% of you that are new. I say new within the past three to five months are new listeners. And that's really, really exciting because, you know, when you start doing this and you just, you figure you're going to have people that are going to listen and, and there's a lot of you that are listening that have been listening for a very long time. And that is so awesome, but you just start to think everyone kind of already knows about this business model or already knows about the podcast. And it's really, really awesome to be able to hear that there's new people coming in with that in mind. I also get people saying, Scott, there's so many episodes. Where do I start? And that's why I do a workshop. I do a, a lot of, you know, I do a workshop generally a couple times a month and I really condense it down into about 90 minutes. Um, so if you are new and you want to have the condensed version, the five phases to picking a product, sourcing a product and launching a product, head over to the amazing forward slash workshop. All right. And you can register for an upcoming workshop. All right. So 
that's all of the links that I want to give you guys right now, right? And all of the things that are on my mind and just being really excited about where we still are in this journey together, uh, because I feel as we're just beginning and it's 400 episodes in. The one thing I wanted to mention here that's on my mind, you guys know that are longtime listeners, I usually give you a little bit of my thoughts for the week. And this is something that I've been experiencing within a project that I'm working on within my own home. I'm having some work done and I've really, I've, re- I've always done this, whether I'm going to a Starbucks or whether I'm going to a restaurant and I have a server um, that's waiting on us, all of that stuff. I always judge people on their, on their personal, you know, personal skills or as far as like personal relation skills, like how they, how they uh, conduct themselves, but then also how they greet their customers and all of that stuff. Well, I have to be honest. I was really disappointed with a company that I was working with because their communication was not there and they almost lost me. They almost lost me. Now, what does this mean for you? Communications with your customer, staying in communication with your customers is huge. So this means if you get an email from your customer asking a question, make sure you answer it ASAP. That should be priority. Okay. Do not let them wonder why it's taking you so long. Even if you don't have an answer yet to give them, let them know that you're looking into it. Okay. That happened to us just recently, my my wife and I, and you know, all they had to do is call us and say, listen, we don't have the answer yet, but we're working on it. But instead they just held off because they were waiting to get the answer. But then one day led to two days, two days led to three, three to four. And then it was five days. And then it was like, all right, that's enough. Like, this is terrible. And then when I called the company, I got to talk to someone who I thought was in charge and they were telling me basically like, tough, like kind of like, I'm sorry, but what do you want us to do? Call you every day? Like, it was just a terrible attitude. All right. So I'm not going to go too much on a rant here because I was just ranting a little bit, uh, a little bit ago with my wife on this. Okay. Drives me crazy. Okay. Communications with your customers is huge. You want a speedy response. Do not let them hang. Even if you don't have the answer yet, just keep them in the loop. All right. And follow up with them. All right. Follow up with your customer. And that also means after they've done the deal, right? After they bought a product, follow up with them. How's everything going? Don't be afraid. So many people are afraid because they don't want negative, you know, feedback. You should encourage them to, to want to give you that feedback because that's going to make you improve your product or your follow-up. All right. So don't be afraid of it and, you know, welcome it and keep the line of communication open with your customer and stay front of mind. Don't annoy them. Just know that you're there to make sure that everything is, is going well and then just keeping them in the loop period. All right. So there it is. There's my little rant today um, that I got off my chest. All right. So What we're going to do now is we're going to jump into today's first question. I'm going to go ahead and give you my feedback, my advice, and then we'll, we'll keep rolling here. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Scott. My name is Mitch. I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan, but I'm living down here in Columbia right now. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for everything that you put out there, all the material that you have on the internet. It's been really helpful for me. I pretty much learned everything that I, that I know from, from your website and your podcast. Um, I'm in the beginning stages right now. I found a product that I think I'd like to sell, but what I'm struggling with is I'm trying not to make any mistakes now that might, that might bite me in the future, that might limit, limit my potential in the future. 
So I think that the open brand concept that you talk about, and I think it's episode 296, is what I'd like to do to start. Um, you answered most of my questions in that episode, but I just had one one more main question, and it's about brand registry. I'd like to have the, the open brand and then have sub-brands underneath it for each niche. And for the brand registry, I've read that you need to have a picture of your product with the brand name on it, but I don't... I don't think it would make sense for me to have the, the open brand name on my product because it's not very specific to to the niche. And I think it'd, it'd make more sense to put the, the sub-brand name on my product. And I'm not sure how to really handle that situation as far as brand registry goes. Um, if you give me your advice on that, that would be great. Very, very helpful. Thank you for everything you do and look forward to listening to your next episodes. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Mitch, thank you so much for the question. And I'm going to get everyone caught up really quickly on the open brand concept. What does this mean? It means that you can have a brand, a main brand. Think of it like, uh, I don't know. Let's think of it like a Walmart or a Target. They carry a variety of brands underneath the Target brand. Okay. It's kind of like that. So you could just be the reseller of these other brands. These other brands are your brands. So that's kind of like an open brand. So you can have... Uh, a brand that's XYZ wholesaler, XYZ great deals. And then underneath that, you could have a kitchen uh, line. You can have a sporting goods line. You can have, uh, I don't know, a cooking line. Did I already say a cooking line? You get the point, right? You can have all of these sub brands underneath the main brand. So the question was, how do I brand register for these sub brands? And I'm going to say how I would do it. Um, if I was to go down that road, as far as like being able to, uh, register or I'm sorry, brand register, um, all of the different brands. Okay. The best way of doing this, because now with brand registry, we have to trademark. So what you would want to do is more or less make your brand generic. So let's just say we wanted to create a brand called extreme goods. Okay. And then from there, we could have underneath that, okay, another, you know, the products that Extreme Goods carries and is also like a partner in the brand could also now be Kitchen Extreme or Extreme Kitchen or Extreme, Extreme Cook or Chef. And then the next one could be Extreme, I don't know, uh, Camping. And then the next one could be Extreme um, Fishing. And then, so underneath extreme goods, you would have all these other subcategories. So if you then branded or brand registered extreme goods, then from there, your sub products, you still would be kind of like a partner in the brand. You could then brand register those underneath the main brand. Hopefully that makes sense. But yes, that would have to go on the packaging. Okay. That would have to go on the packaging, have to go on the website. So it would be like, you would have like the main brand and then or I'm sorry, the sub brand. And then you would say buy extreme goods. So extreme kitchen buy extreme goods, something like that. And then that way there, you could still do the brand registry. I don't necessarily think that you have to overly concern yourself with this. If we're doing the open brand, because the open brand concept is really for us to test products without it taking a ton of time. And then if we start to see momentum or something starting to work that we want to build out, then we can go ahead and start that brand and run that line through that brand. Hopefully that makes sense. So that's what I would do if you're thinking about doing the open brand and you wanted to do brand registry because you are going to have to trademark the main brand, okay? And that main brand then is going to have to be tied to any products that you also sell.
All right. So hopefully that made sense. That was totally off the cuff too. So hopefully that made sense. All right. Let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, Josh here. Um, I asked you a question probably a couple of days ago about um, listening to your podcast. Um, but I, in the meantime, I actually had another question for you. Um, I was wondering if I launched a product, say I'm getting ready to kind of test the market a little bit. I found a niche that is very easy to get into. Top person only has probably around 233 reviews, but he's selling 3000 a month. And then below him, um, it kind of drops down to 800. And then at the very bottom, the 16th person is selling around 300 a month. So I know I can get at least 10 a month if I register on the first page. But my question has to go within to um, when I, after I launch this product, and I roll out my second, third, fourth product, would it be a bad idea to try and compete with myself on the first page and try and push other people down? Because I know if I can get to the first page with three different items that each one would be selling around 300 to 500 a month or around 10 to 15 a day. So would it be a bad idea to compete with myself in a way and do that and try and push other people out of this niche completely until I basically own the entire niche. Um, just wondering if you can give me an answer to be awesome. Um, you can also email me. So thank you very much. Hey Josh, thank you so much for the question. And, uh, yes, this is very interesting. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting strategy and it can definitely work, but here's my question to you. Okay. Or anyone else thinking about this. Now you're saying like you want to be able to be your own competitor. The only way that you're going to be your own competitor or you're going to, uh, you're going to be able to compete against yourself for the same product is if you have two separate brands in a sense. Okay. Because you are not going to sell the same exact stainless steel garlic press. All right. Um, on a, on the same, on the same uh, account right now. If what you're saying is you're going to have your, uh, let's see, black handle garlic press and your stainless steel garlic press be two separate listings and you're going to rank both of those, that's fine. Here's the deal though. If someone is looking for a stainless steel, they're going to find the stainless steel and they're not even going to care about the black one that they see on that page. So the only way that, in my opinion, the only way that you're really going to be able to compete with yourself directly and kind of like... Uh, you know, where you see two products on that page that are pretty much identical is if you had two separate accounts, you'd have to have two separate accounts with, you know, very similar products. And then you would rank those. So this way here, you could take up most of the real estate on page one. Does that make sense? Um, I'm asking you like, as if you could, but I'm, I'm hoping you're saying yes, that makes sense or anyone else listening. Now, the problem with doing it on your own uh, on your own account, like I said, is now you have something that you technically could do a variation on. So if you have a black handle and a red handle and a blue handle and a, and just a regular silver handle garlic press, and you were to list those separately, you're going to have to really put in a lot of work to get those all to work independently. When, if you were to just compile them and put them underneath the same listing as variations, you can really focus all the energy there. And then someone that hits that page will be able to, uh, to make a selection there. All right. And you're going to house all of the same reviews and all of the, the maturity of that listing is going to kind of like all be all the juice, if you will, all of that, 
that ranking juice will go towards that listing and you won't be spreading that out amongst the others. But that is an interesting strategy to be able to create, you know, two separate accounts and then you would basically just compete against yourself. I'm not quite sure I would do that. Uh, I would probably, like I said, either have a product that is very similar uh, that someone could see and say, oh, okay, I want that one. Um, but the thing is, is if you're making it different, there's a reason why they're going to buy one over the other. Uh, but that is a strategy and, uh, you're just going to basically have the same product just modified a little bit. Uh, so this way here it's different. Um, and that's how you could do it. So that could be a strategy if you feel as though that's going to benefit you. But I think that you could probably have, uh, the same kind of effect if you, uh, if you took up the real estate by having either separate listings and then also running pay-per-click because now pay-per-click, you could be on the top, the side, maybe the middle, maybe the bottom. You could be all surrounded there and you can be on one or two positions on that page. Uh, so, uh, that's what I would do. I know it's not like a clear cut answer, but it's kind of tricky. Uh, but it's definitely a cool idea to be able to have two or three different products up there that are yours that you control that now you're competing against the other. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm not quite sure that it would be my strategy, but pretty cool idea. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to one more question and then we'll wrap it up and you guys get on with your day and we'll get out of here. What do you say? Hello, Scott. This is Handy. Thank you for your help. And I want to ask about a question, uh, the shipping styles. So normally at the first place for my product, I requested to door to door shipping from the supplier to my warehouse the only thing that the shipping cost is extremely high when I compare with the product cost so I need your suggestion about what I can do about shipping um, are there companies that especially specialize on shipping and I can utilize them and how I can trust them uh, on my products uh, I really need uh, help about this point thank you very much Hey, Handy, thank you so much for the question, and it's a good question, and I have a couple of thoughts on this that I want to share with you and everyone else. Okay, number one, door-to-door -door shipping. Some people are listening being like, what does that mean? What that means is we are willing to pay for that shipment to be directly shipped to our door, okay? Our door meaning our office space or wherever, okay? That is, or maybe our home office, whatever. That's what we're doing. We're saying we want to know the price from your doorstep to our doorstep, door to door. Usually that means by air, okay? And that generally means that your price is going to be higher. Now, you said that your cost of shipping is higher than the cost of goods. And that typically can be the case, especially if you're doing a small order or if you are starting by shipping by air, okay? Now, if you go by sea, that will probably get cut I'd say probably at least 25%, but most likely even 50%, okay? And, and that's pretty typical. You could shop around still. That doesn't mean you, you shouldn't shop around and try to find a better deal. But usually if they're using their own DHL account or their own FedEx account, they're going to get a better deal. Uh, but here's the other thought. If you are, you know, at the point now where you're like, you know, this just doesn't make sense. You know, like I'm spending, you know, more money on the shipping than I am on the goods. And if that doesn't work for you, then your margins aren't where they need to be. Because I feel that you should be able to ship it by air, even at a higher price with the cost of goods and still make a decent margin. I say even 20% margin with the hopes that you can order more in the future and eventually go by sea. 
number one, the more you order, you're going to get a reduction in cost there. And then the, if you switch it over to C, you're going to get, um, you're going to get a reduction there. So now we're going to be able to save. So let's say it costs you $2 to ship. You're going to only pay a dollar. And then if you can order instead of 500, you order a thousand, you're going to save 25 cents a unit, right? So now you've saved a dollar 25 and now that's going to be bringing your margin up to let's say 30%. Okay. Or maybe even more depending. Okay. So don't, I guess, don't base your decision on your cost being so tight in the beginning. I say, if you, even if your margin is less by going, going, uh, like a faster shipping route then it still makes sense to do it as long as you know that in the future you can reduce those costs, okay? So you really need to understand that. And a lot of people will look at that too. They'll be like, all right, I spent a dollar on the product and they wanna charge me $2 to ship it to me. Man, that seems crazy. What's the cost of goods and the shipping combined landed in FBA, in Amazon fulfilled by Amazon? What is that cost? That's the cost that I care about, right? I mean, my, my partner in the new brand, you know, They'll email me and be like, here's the cost of goods. I'm like, cool. What's the cost for shipping by air on our first order? Oh, that's going to be another $1.50 a unit. So what's our total cost of goods? That's all I care about. It's going to be $5. Okay. If we order a thousand, it's going to be that. Yes. Okay, good. What if, and then I'll go to the next phase. I'll be like, what if we ship it by sea? What's it going to be? That'll cut our shipping in half. So that'll bring our cost down to, I don't know, $4. Great. Can we make it work at $5 if we never reduce the price? Yes. Good. Go. We got it. Okay. So you see how that works? Don't analyze the cost as far as like your shipping. I mean, yes, you want to look at it and see if you can cut, you know, cut the cost there. But if you can't, don't get, I guess, you know, don't get that mental block of where it's like, wait a minute, I can't wrap my head around why I'm paying so much for shipping. By air, it's going to be more. I'll tell you that right now. You are going to get it quicker, but generally you can make it work. Everything that we've done in the new brand has been by air and we're making it work. But we also know in the future, when we do stuff by C, we're going to be able to save even more money and that'll bump our margins up from 30 to 35 to maybe 40%. Okay. So I just want to be really, really clear on that. When you're looking at the shipping, you need to understand everything else that we're talking about here. All right. So hopefully that helped you or anyone else that's listening uh, with this shipping and the cost of goods and really like understanding what it will take to land it and then what the future looks like if we can reduce the cost of some of those uh, things. Okay. So before we do wrap up for today, I did want to play for you uh, a message that was sent in by one of you, one of our TAS listeners. And I wanted to also do this to inspire you, to motivate you but also for you to be encouraged to go over and do this yourself. And what I mean by that is either connect yourself in the Facebook group and you can find that by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, or just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash story and answer those two questions for me, okay? If you do that, it'll let me see who you are and how long you've been listening and what the podcast has done for you and also read what other people are saying. And I think you're going to be inspired and motivated to see that. And then from there, you can always go to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and then you can leave a detailed voicemail there for me doing exactly what Mark did here in this detailed message. And again, I listened to it. It fired me up to want to come back here. So I'm going to let you listen to that. And then I'm going to jump back on. We'll wrap this baby up and uh, you guys can get on with your day. So here is Mark. 
Hi, Scott. Um, this is Mark from the UK. And um, I just wanted to say, this is more of a, not a question, but just wanted to thank you. I just wanted to thank you for changing my life. Uh, all the content you've put out over the year, over the years has been absolutely priceless. Um, so this is just a, a quick note to say thank you so much. I can't believe how my life has changed in the last um, couple of years. I was an artist, a very poor one as well, um, struggling. And I found your podcast and decided to give it a go. And it completely changed my life. Now I have the time to paint and I have the finances to help fund my lifestyle. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, and everything you put into the podcast, all the information is just priceless. I followed it for six to eight months, you know, religiously. And uh, and it all paid off for me. So um, thank you so much. It's, um, I can't say thank you enough. Um, and good luck with the podcast from now on. I still listen to you every week. I still listen to you and it's always good stuff. It's always something actionable uh, we can do. So keep it up, Scott. Love you, mate. Thanks ever so much. Well, Mark, I want to thank you for posting that and, and, and allowing me to really hear a little bit about your story. I love it that you are doing something that's going to allow you to free up time so you can do something that you truly love, which is art. And I just think it's awesome and amazing that we're able to do this in the world that we live in and for you to be able to reach out to me and tell me that all the way from the UK is also just kind of mind-blowing and crazy. So again, I get fired up every time I get to listen to uh, messages like that or emails or Facebook posts, any of that stuff, it always fires me up. So guys, keep it coming. It never gets old and I want to be able to share and, and really you know, highlight some of you in the TAS community and Mark today is one of them. So let's all give Mark a, a high five and say, keep at it and keep grinding and, uh, you know, keep doing what you love. So uh, guys, that is it. That's going to officially wrap up this episode of Ask Scott. Remember, as always, I am here for you and I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.